Hello and welcome to Film Inquiries, the latest. This is a podcast series tackling the latest movie news, movie trends, and movie releases. I'm your host, Jesse Nussman. This week, we're talking all Scream. We're, of course, celebrating the 25th anniversary of Wes Craven's 1996 classic, as well as uh, the now fifth entry in the Scream franchise. And to help me break down all of these scary movies, um, fresh from a parent-teacher conference at Woodsboro High, <laughs> very welcome to have on uh, Mark Marusis. Hello, thank you for having me. What do you think parent-teacher conferences are like at Woodsboro? Oh, they're awful. There's, there, there's been what, like, now three serial killer murders, like at different points in that high school's history. Yeah, um, I guess Scream One, Scream Four, and now Scream, scream Five, Five Cream. At what point do you think the parents are like, I don't know, let's let's char- start a charter school? I mean, let's- I would. <laughs> I think like private schools moved in doing really well yeah exactly <laughs> so mark i invited you on this week because uh scream means a lot to you is it your favorite movie i feel oh. like it's it's your favorite movie oh it's for sure my favorite movie okay yeah. do you do you maybe want to take us on a journey of when the first time you saw scream was what your relationship is to it as well as the the subsequent sequels i guess I think I saw Scream early. I was like maybe like thirteen. Okay. But then I didn't. I revisited it again when I was like eighteen, and I just like fell in love with the movie. Had like a better understanding of it, I guess. Like I could like understand the meta humor more. Right. Um. I don't know. Like, what I appreciate about these movies is just like the the formula and how it sticks with the formula and the archetypes and the themes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then also it's like just self-aware, but it doesn't, it's like not breaking the fourth wall sense of self-aware. Yeah. You know, I, I was probably like a little bit, I can't, I knew I was definitely in high school. Like yeah. I, here, here's maybe even a more curious question. Like, were you aware of these movies as a kid? Cause I, like, I didn't see any of them until I was in high school, probably like around the time the fourth one was coming out and i remember one of my cousins who would have been a teenager when like the first one was in theaters being like oh my gosh scream's coming back and then like telling me you need to if you've never seen scream you're such a movie nerd that you should go watch all of them um but like i remember them coming out and like wore the ghost face mask multiple years for halloween and stuff so like did were how aware of you of just it as like a pop culture thing even like as a kid that probably like was not you know your mom wasn't taking you to go see scream three on like opening night or something yeah right i wish i mean my mom would be a lot cooler if she did (laughs) no um i don't think i was like any really awareness to it until like i was like teenager getting to horror movies going to like the movie theaters on my own yeah kind of thing just like gradually found it on my own um i think when the sequels were coming out i really didn't like even know they were coming out because mm-hmm. i mean i was like i was like nine yeah i just remember like the covers at like blockbuster like yeah. that's that's my memory is sort of like the the dvd covers of like you know i'd like the first one with like drew barrymore's face with like the her hand covering yeah. her mouth or and then of just like 
every kid on the the block that I grew up on, like at at some point in every place, because my family like moved around a lot when I was a kid. But like everywhere you went for a while, like some kid on your street was dressing up as Ghostface for Halloween at some point. Oh yeah, I think I had the costume one time for like yeah, when I was like eleven or something maybe. And like, well, except my ghost face mask had a the thing like where you squirt, squish a button oh. and the blood goes through. <laughs> the it blood something. goes yeah. through. God. Just some wild times of like the, the what line can we cross in terms of the <laughs> Halloween? Not like you know uh, inappropriate humor, but just of like, yeah, I'm gonna let my six year old wear this like mask that basically like is gonna be looking like there's like blood rushing down yeah. their face. <laughs> um yeah so i mean let's maybe like unpack or give some context for for people of like why scream was such a phenomenon kind of when it first came out in the 90s i i think a good jumping off point is like do you consider the 90s to be a good horror decade absolutely not no no i mean there's some iconic films but i don't know if that's because of a generational thing yeah. Like growing up late 90s, early 2000s, and just let me say something. Early 2000s, though, much worse for me. Oh, yes. Awful. But I mean, like that that decade's weird because that's like a period of time when like the genre is like responding to Scream. Yeah. Like it, I, I was even trying to think the other day, like, what are other great 90s horror movies like? I, the obvious one that people would probably throw out is like Silence of the Lambs. But I think you People and I also argue that, not a horror movie. I'd say that's a thriller. I feel like yeah, you and I are in the camp of that, you know, perfect movie. But that's like that in seven yeah. or more thrillers. I guess Candy Candyman. I would count like that's a good one. It's an iconic one. Um, I know what you did last summer is. I feel like it's well known despite it not being good. But even that, like that's that's like the the perfect example of like a post scream yeah. horror movie of like oh now the like teen horror genre is now the big thing to yeah. do. Like before scream, I'm even trying to think. Like there's I don't know. Have you ever seen In the Mouth of Madness? Is like this really no. great but like very underrated John Carpenter movie with Sam Neill. That's like what if. What if there was an author that was like part H.P. Lovecraft, part uh, Stephen King, and his books like drove people mad and made them like hallucinate and want to op- like open dimensions with monsters inside them? I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna check that out. Um, I think but, a Faculty was another big one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm not sure like where that falls. Yeah, in there's the a few timeline. Chucky movies. Yeah, like a lot of the big horror franchises by that point especially the slasher franchises yeah. have kind of either like petered out or sort of just been run into the ground like Wes Craven who makes Scream a few years earlier like comes back to Nightmare on Elm Street with New Nightmare but that is this sort of like weird meta movie we kind of like brought it up on the Matrix episode we did on this show yeah. of like the concept of that movie is him and the other people who made the original Nightmare on Elm Street are now being haunted by there's like a real demon that looks like Freddy Krueger, but is like not exactly Freddy Krueger, but has been able to like 
feed off of the fear that people were getting from the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, and now that they're not making them anymore, it's gonna like haunt Wes Craven and the people, <laughs> and like Robert England. And so, a very weird movie that doesn't totally work, but is maybe like an interesting step in like the the slasher genre was kind of just like dead at this yeah. point. Oh, and, it for sure was dead. I mean, just the saturation from the original Halloween to the nineties, like mm-hmm. just overkill because I mean, you got like, was it six nightmares? You got like five Freddy's or uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah. There's more Friday. The, I mean, oh, how, there's a ton, but they, I mean, they can yeah. make them, but like I'm saying by like yeah. the nineties and stuff like that, like early nineties. Yeah. And Hunter Howman and I talked about, uh, you know, all the Halloween movies when the new one came out last year and you know, that, series they had done this whole thing to like expand the mythology and like there's like telepathy and like satanic cults and all this stuff in there and like that series i think like a year before scream is the halloween movie that has uh uh paul rudd in it that is is, like really wild (laughs) and kind of like off off the rails in like a really bad way i think that's the one that has like that movie's awful. There's, there's like a satanic cult that, in order to like keep the harvest or something, has to like sick Michael Myers on the the town of Haddonfield or something like that. I mean, you you got to pick and choose your gods, and you know what? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Scream like comes out in this environment and is both kind of deconstructing the slasher genre while also kind of like flipping it on its head and bringing something fresh and new to it. Like the, the big thing that you kind of touched on that like scream brings to the table is this like postmodern meta aspect of it in which like all of the characters in scream have kind of grown up watching horror movies. And so are very hyper aware of like the conventions yeah. and archetypes of horror movies. And then so are able to comment on like, we should or shouldn't do this because that's what someone would do in a movie as well as like the killer in that movie the the whole premise is like a horror fan that is like wanting to create the ultimate horror movie essentially like the tagline for the original is something like someone has taken their love of horror movies one step too far and so like that person is like picking how to do the murders based off of like oh this this person over here would be killed off in a horror movie or something like that. Yeah. I mean, that's like the theme throughout all the screen movies, except for sprinkles here and there, maybe three where it's just like, eh, maybe three, but the biggest like horror film fans are the killers. Yes. Like that's just like, they love these movies. They're going to follow these movies. That's why it works so well. And then I also feel like the, scream just modernized the teenagers in such a way between the dialogue and like how they dressed like i feel like elm street which is like one of the bigger ones from the 80s like not the the characters were vanilla but it was just like very here's your character it is very after school special having like just that's what i was looking for they were all on i think it was hbo max like not too long ago and i had like some weird work hours so like I would just like watch all of the Elm Street movies over the course oh, I of a couple you weeks. Me. Yeah, and and you know you are kind of touching on something there of like they are very like 
after school special they're talking to you know it is the like uh teen stereotypes like dialed up to like 11 and like their conversations with each other just like hey betty are you going to the fall dance tonight or something? <laughs> no, I got homework. <laughs> yeah. No, like Scream, you have these characters like being mean to each other, teasing each other, like they're actual friends. Like they're snarky. I yeah. feel like they're they're smarter than your average kind of like teen, you know, kind of like dim witted. You say teen. that. Yeah. And then and then you try to escape through a dog door and a garage door. <laughs> which also never made never made sense. Never seen one of those. Uh yeah, never, never knew anyone that had a dog door in their garage. <laughs> garage on the door. Side of the house. Yeah. A door and a door. But I mean, like, I'll also think of Scream not just as, like, one of the great 90s horror movies, but of, like, one of the great 90s teen movies, too. Yeah. And, and feel like uh, the other half of that success is, like, you know, you think about a lot of those, like, 90s teen shows kind of even come after Scream. Like, Dawson's Creek is after Scream, and Kevin Williamson, who writes scream like it was like wrote on that show too and it you you touched on like post scream there becomes this new wave of like teen horror with i know what you did last summer i feel like you can kind of count like the final destination movies there i love those what are we doing that podcast (laughs) the final destination i might have to like bring hunter howman on for that one because he's he's like a big defender of like those movies are like 90 percent like really good the exception of maybe like one or two i love those i (laughs) rewatched the series like a few months ago i love them but even like the halloween franchise gets revived and like those couple halloween movies that come out in the late 90s early 2000s like h2o and i forget what the one with buster rhymes is but like those, those <laughs> is those that not h2o very, no eight, oh no yeah. that is uh h2o is the one that's got like josh hartnett and the young and like i'm a young michelle williams in it. yeah no uh h2o oh, fuck. or uh buster rhymes ones is it buster rhymes or is it a? Uh... It is it, it is busted. It's the one it where busted. it's like it's built to be like a reality Resurrection. TV show. That's what it yes. is. Yes. Yes. Like those are like that's even the Halloween franchise, which is sort of like the thing that Scream is sort of riffing on, then retroactively is like, well, we should like kind of soft reboot this franchise to like be more like Scream for like its next two installments or something yeah. like that. Didn't so, go well interesting how how all that comes around and i i I think as you said like the cast in scream is all really really good yeah um which you don't normally have for you know the the teen like the nightmare on elm street series that that we were talking about like not not the best casts or like not the most dynamic actors in those like you do have like patricia arquette's the lead in one and like i know johnny depp has like that small part in the first one but like the it, it, it there's such a like leveling up of how kind of charismatic um and just how how much of just kind of like flat out movie stars the cast of scream are yeah the acting is just on a different tier and i don't know if that's like a like a decade thing or if it's just like being self-aware of like after like watching all these movies like oh we need to do this we need to spice it up here we need to have actual dialogue have actual personalities yeah. 
I I think the sense I just get is like that script after Kevin Williamson writes it was like a very like instantly like one of the hottest scripts in town and there was like this massive bidding war for it <laughs> and part of the reason they were able to get such a great cast of like young up and coming actors is like we're just got a round of like th- this is the movie if you are a like 20 some actor in Hollywood to like you need to audition for some part in this okay. um going to say Harvey Weinstein <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's unfortunately kind of like a dark shadow over at least like the first four is Harvey Weinstein producing these. Yeah. Um you know. Kind of, it just just like an unfortunate thing of like most kind of cool movies in this period and maybe like bad mid tier awards bait movies is yeah. just were produced by Harvey Weinstein. Um But maybe we should talk about Wes Craven. Who, Wes Craven, amazing. Yeah. Apparently just like a super really nice dude. You know, that's, that's I, all you I, ever hear. That's that's apparently like I mean, rest in peace. He's he's been dead a few years now, but like a, apparently I've heard, you know, as I've done more entertainment journalism of like people who got the chance to interview him were like that's one of the best interviews I've ever had and he like was not like watching the clock or anything like that and was just like a super like mellow, very sweet person who kind of didn't like the fact that he sort of became a horror guy but is like I, I feel like is up there with you know like carpenter and cronenberg and romero as like you know name brand directors who primarily worked in horror movies if he didn't like it he sh- oddly enough like really you know leaned forward into that career right I, I mean this weird story i heard about uh the first screen movie is he was like I'm 1000% not doing horror movies anymore and didn't want to do it. And it took them kind of like convincing him. And eventually he came around to, to doing this just cause the, I guess the, the kind of meta aspect of it was just too yeah. appealing to him to play around with. And he ended up directing all of them except for this new one that came out. Um, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, <laughs> but, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the sequels because similar to when we kind of talked about the matrix a few weeks ago on this show, the first one I've seen dozens and dozens of times. I'm sure like you was like hugely important for like my high school friends. And like the first scream was just one of those movies that like, if you were hanging out at someone's house or we're just like waiting to go out to dinner or something like it it was just always on tv like you know even if we weren't sitting out and watching it it would be like i don't know let's just put scream on in the background but i hadn't seen any of the sequels probably since i was maybe like 15 and had only seen them once so i I don't know do you have more of a relationship to the sequels than because i just rewatched them for the first time like a couple days ago. So when I like revisit it, when I was like older teen, like I got really into the sequels, rewatched all of it. And now I feel like I watch the whole series, at least like two, three times a year, like okay, mildly obsessed with, you know, whatever. Uh, screen two gets better every time. It's good. That movie's good. I don't it's care. Good. I mean, I might be biased, but that movie's good. I mean, a wild case of like the first one was such a word of mouth phenomenon yeah. that like, 
Scream 2 comes out a few months after Scream 1. Like, they very quickly put it into production, and it comes out... I, I like... Scream 1 is, like, December 96 or something, and then Scream 2 is sometime, like, a few months later the next year or something like that. Yeah. It's, like, one of the quickest turnarounds for a sequel in, like, recent movie yeah. history. I think they, like, knew they had a hit, and they're like, all right, let's start producing, like, one week after... Uh debut or something yeah i don't i don't think it's it's not as good as the first movie nah. like i think how do you feel about the ending to two that's that's the one bit that like rewatching it this time spoilers i guess if you haven't seen scream 2 but like i had a lot more fun the the reveal of laurie metcalf is the the killer into yeah. is She's like really going for it and it's really fun and funny, but also like the first one has such a great like the reveal that the the it's actually two killers in the first one and it's Matthew Lillard and like Skeet Ulrich <laughs> is like I I don't know about like the first time I saw that as a teenager is like one of those great like jump up on the couch like holy shit like great twist endings and then the the reveal to two is more like oh if you say so because like (laughs) laurie metcalf is just sort of like this random journalist that just sort of like pops in and out of scenes every now and then like when courtney cox is like rewatching and you see her just like in and out and around you're like why why she's obviously the killer she's who's this woman from roseanne like what is she doing (laughs) No, I, mean, I probably didn't know, like, I didn't know her as Laurie Metcalf when I first saw it. So I was, it, it was like extra weird of like, oh, the like weird random side character. And then like rewatching it again recently, I was like, oh, it's Laurie, it's Laurie Metcalf. How, how fun. And then like the moment she has to turn it on at the end and is like really doing like, oh, her bug eyed, like, <laughs> like waving the gun around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she wasn't shooting anybody. She was moving that gun no. way too fast. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I scream Two, the third act has like a difficulty, like living up to scream one. Yeah. And I mean, scream three is a complete shit show, but like scream four, I think yeah. is like the one good thing about scream four is the third act and the reveal and all that. Yeah, that that did work work a bit better. I think it's me. grown on me, but um Yeah. Well, Timothy we'll Oliphant here a bit. Oh, yeah. Timothy Oliphant yeah. be like if he was a soul killer, I think I would have liked that a lot. Two two I do have to say I think somehow even manages to top the first one in terms of the insane like murderers row like young cast yeah. that they got for it of like I forgot Oliphant was in it. In it, he's the he's the killer. I remembered Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. Yeah, just like one of the crazier. That's probably like the craziest cast in the the entire series. I think. Yeah. Well, what a bold move is is like Scream One is like not diverse and like, and then like all the tropes of like uh, horror movies that black people are killed first, and then Scream Two is like all right, bet, and they're just like all right, the first people going to be killed in our movie are the only people of color that we first see in two movies. Yeah. Yeah. Having Jada Pinkett Smith and Omar Epps, like they these start out and you're just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Two huge, another kind of like great way to 
to kind of carry on the Drew Barrymore twist of the first one is having like two other like really famous actors of the time. Yeah, I do love that. Like uh, the big, big people that like you don't expect. Right. Yeah. You know, the Drew Barrymore thing wasn't like originally just like to sell, put her on the poster and sell tickets. So the story, as I understand, is Barrymore was originally cast in the Nev Campbell role like that. That was the sort of the first pick. And that's what I thought too. like like that's who the the dimension, which is like the sub company of uh, Miramax, Miramax uh, that that's essentially who like the Weinsteins and, and everyone wanted was like, let's get Drew Barrymore. She was cast, but she didn't want and, to do it, right? Then right. She agreed then, to do this. then she sort of uh, like, I think that role was always intended to be a bigger star. But she is sort of the one who kind of came to Wes Craven and is like, actually, I should be the one playing this. Yeah. And then they were able to sort of build, put her on like all the posters and in the trailers. And so people were like, oh, Drew Barrymore is the the star of this vehicle. And then pulled the like great psycho twist. Yeah, right. Um, which I, I think for the best. Like, oh, I think it I, worked beautifully. I, yeah. And I mean, I, also just to like, Nev Campbell is so good <laughs> in all these she's amazing just one of those actresses that like i don't i don't maybe it's because i have like such a fondness for scream but like whenever she shows up in anything or even this new one like when she just pops up it's like man like why 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 can't we just see nev campbell in more stuff like like who why why are does she not have like a cbs all access show or something like that <laughs> just, just want to see her on camera doing yeah. anything like when she showed up in like there was that one season of House of Cards before we like really <laughs> House of Cards briefly got me back before I was fully able to jump off for good when the Spacey allegations came oh out. But there was a brief moment when that show had like long lost me, and then it was like Nev Campbell is actually going to be on the new season, and was like partially tip tip like dip my toes back in of like oh okay yeah you're like, mm, mm, mm. what's this all about <laughs> yeah um for i think while not great i think a movie i'm still a little bit mixed on which is maybe something we can work through did was better than i remembered i remembered like really disliking it in the theater yeah and then i think it's a much more watchable movie as opposed to three is three's bad Three is trying to do a lot. It's also notably the one that Kevin Williamson didn't write. Yep. Um, and is is the most meta, I think, of all of them. But it's a very like the other movies are meta in the sense of like it's a Tarantino thing of like, you know, characters who are talking about pop culture and stuff like that. Yeah. But three has like there's like a Jay and Silent Bob cameo in there. There's it's it's all set around the set of like so in the Scream franchise. There's the like two introduces that like fun ripple of like the events of Scream have spawned a movie franchise called Stab that is basically just Scream the movie, <laughs> which is genius. Yes, and big and then, part of Scream Five, right? And which and but three is like set around the set of the third one and so there's like actors who are playing actors playing <laughs> other versions of the character like like it's it goes so far into like almost like 
Matrix Four level of just sort of like the the, the like mirroring of of stuff and of like self reflection and stuff like that, and it it kind of falls apart on itself. I think a bit. It implodes. Timelines don't match up. I, yeah, I I really do like the concept, like the core concept of like the stab set is like the new, yeah. like, like going inside the movie. I, I like the idea of it. I don't think there was the right people to like execute it there or write it. I don't know. It just feels like a lot of like, you know, like when studios get involved in like a movie, like, yeah. And they just like over note it and things like that. It's so also it like, like that movie is like both trying to be this kind of like big Hollywood satire, which yeah. like, now all the stuff we know about the Weinsteins, there's some stuff in that movie that it's like, yeah, there is. I'm I'm surprised this made it past the, <laughs> past the table of like this is pretty directly calling attention to some stuff that was going uh, on in that company like spot at the time. On. Yeah, but it's yeah. also like trying to be about trilogies and stuff, and it's like they screams all about following the formula, and they try to follow the formula, but like. It just didn't work. It didn't blend together. Nothing. The only yeah. thing that worked is Sydney found the love of her life. That dog? Uh, no, the cop. Spoiler. The cop. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do- <laughs> Dr. Dreamy from, from Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the... Well, it's weird you bring up, like, Sydney, like, the... Bring up Ned Campbell for that one, because, like, Nev Campbell is clearly like the lead the like final girl lead of one and two but afterwards becomes like like i forgot that she's more of a side character in even three and four like three it's much more david arquette and courtney cox who are the the leads of that movie oh i thought you were gonna say boring uh, <laughs> look here's another one here's another one of the things that like doesn't work for me about about three Dewey? I, well, Dewey no, sucks. No, no. I, I think both of them are very very fun and very funny in as, kind of getting to be the comedic relief of him being like the dim-witted de- sheriff's deputy and her being the like bitchy news reporter in in one and two they, they are really fun as supporting characters yeah. and then three tries to sort of like make them more the leads of the movie and it it doesn't work quite as much of just sort of like i i'm not quite as invested with them and like them a bit more is just kind of like kind of slightly cartoonish characters sort of um kind of on the side and sort of bumping in the situations if that makes sense was it uh is it dewey's theme music that you don't like about him or <laughs> I, I honestly, this, I mean, it's a fictional character, so I could say this. I wish he died in Scream 2. Yeah, do Well, we can kind of get into, we'll get into, we'll have a Dewey conversation again when we talk okay. about the new one of like, do, do we, those two characters, I just think like the more the series has gone on, the sort of less I'm just like, I don't, I don't, why, why do you keep coming back? Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe that's my biggest problem with, with three um because he's in love with sydney that's why <laughs> and and i think partially why i think four is a much more watchable movie because four 
they're back to being supporting players yeah. and the lead is more sort of, they find, I think like a pretty fun new cast, like had forgotten how great Hayden Panettiere is in four. <laughs> oh, talk about her later, but that cast of screen four is underrated. Yeah, it's, it's good. I, th- I think the problem with scream four for me is maybe to kind of touch on what we'll get with the new one is the more they've sort of made of these sequels the more kind of like i think the closer it becomes to sort of like the thing it's making fun of a little bit of like the first one is sort of poking fun at like aren't all slasher movies kind of like cliched and like it's the same thing every time and then like you marathon a bunch of scream movies and you're like there is like as you mentioned like a very clear like formula to how this stuff works in these movies um i i and that movie i think never quite lands on like what the the meta commentary is like it's never like two is trying to be about sequels three we mentioned attempts to be about trilogies but maybe and doesn't really succeed and hollywood <laughs> and about harvey weinstein um talk about meta jesus christ right yeah, <laughs> for real um I'm not really quite sure like what they landed on for four. It's like in some scenes it's like, yeah, it's about like the whole torture porn craze that kicked off with like saw. And then like, Oh, it's about now like remakes, like that period of time when they were just like remaking slasher, but it it just sort of seems like they never really landed. And so it was just like, yeah, we're just going to do scream again. Yeah. But I think it's, it's, it's a much more watchable movie than three is because i think it's got a much more fun new cast at its center yeah i think four was a little ahead of its time with like the social media aspect Mm -hmm. um but then again like you think about it now like now it seems smart because it's so like further away from now Mm -hmm. but like if that like also came out like middle 2015 you're like all right this has been done this is too like on the nose kind of thing like trying to be famous by like filming everything that whole idea yeah, I had forgotten there was the whole like vlogging yeah. subplot of four, which was like I I had to like refresh myself like when did this come out? Because I was like I remember <laughs> like this one was coming out in theaters like shortly after I had seen the others and like saw it in theaters yeah. and yeah, it's same. it's like 2011 I think yeah. is when that one comes out. So even kind of like right on the cusp of like blogging i feel like being a really big thing yeah like youtube starting to take off twitter just was born things like that yeah um yeah but like i i think the cast is really good the ideas were a little too early and then like you said the torture porn thing i think people were really over the torture porn even though like that's all horror was which again is the basis of scream like that's what they do they talk about what just ended kind of thing right and but i just i don't think people cared anymore yeah i don't know like or maybe it just was now that we think back about like oh that cast was really good but maybe in the moment it wasn't and also like the second act it was kind of boring with the kills and things like that yeah i actually think like the the sort of like reveal in that one i think is a fun sort of flip on the 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 first movie and remember being like genuinely it worked better for me re-watching it again as opposed to like in the theater i think i was like so fed up with the movie at that point and then i was like this makes no sense why is this the twist 
Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's like not, I don't think it's nearly as good as one and two, no. but it, it, it aged a tad better for me. And I was like, the, I, I just keep coming back to that word watchable. It was just like three seems like a catastrophe. And this is at least like functional as like a solid enough, uh, teen slasher movie. It's yeah, exactly. It's a good teen slasher movie. It's not like a a top tier historical new like genre changing movie. Yeah. So should we transition to five? Five or, cream. Or just yeah. Five five. <laughs> what is that? I saw something like the Radio Silence dudes were had an interview and they're like, Yeah, we just kept calling it five cream too. <laughs> Well, I, I'm like remembering like the poster for four, like the A and the word scream was actually a four yeah, or something like that. It, that don't you kind of love when movies just like put the, like, like too fast, too furious. I was always mad that like when they did a fourth Transformers movie, it wasn't trance. And then the like work, the number four for Transformers <laughs> or something. Jesus Missed opportunity there. Um, so yeah, that, what... that's what the missed opportunity was. <laughs> Not whatever. Four Transformers Four. That's the like Mark Wahlberg one, right? You're that's... asking the wrong person. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anyone outside of the first one. I'll table that for the inevitable Michael Bay episode of this podcast. Oh man! So as 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 a probably bigger fan of this whole series than I am, what what were your expectations into five? Like you you hear there's going to be a fifth scream movie. Wes Craven is is long dead at this point. What you see the trailer, what's what's going through your head? Uh, I saw the trailer. I was just so the whole a lot of the trailers like a lot of the newer cast people, which I was excited for because I feel like mm-hmm. I'm over the like I'm not over the legacy people, but like if we're going to if you're going to redo this whole series, like you need to freshen it up, change it. Yeah. Um, and then like you see Jack Quaid, I'm like, this dude's too famous to be in this movie. He's the killer. And, and then, uh, I thought actually I thought Jenna Ortega was going to be the final girl too. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that's cause I, she's just, I've seen her in more things and I just thought she was like more fits the age profile too. Yeah. What, what else has she been in? Cause like, I, I thought she was really good in the, like one of the better, new additions to the movie but i and i kept trying to put my finger on where i'd seen her before but but couldn't quite um so she was in um was that it's like a kid's show uh she was in iron man uh she was in the babysitter which i don't know if you've seen that because i don't think you like uh Mm -hmm. she was in Jurassic world Uh, i think she was like a voice actor she does a lot of voice stuff Okay. Uh, she was in what else? Was she in? she was in. Oh, she was in TV show You. Uh, okay. I don't know if you ever seen that show. I've seen uh, a couple episodes, but in any case, that I is, mean the the two the yeah. two main people like I recognize the guy from like Thirteen Reasons. Yeah. Why? And then you know recognize Jack Quaid obviously, and um recognize Melissa Barrera. Uh who was in in the heights last summer did not see that um, did not recognize her she's good she's good um 
So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So like, were you excited? Oh yeah, at, I mean, I for sure was excited. Coming back with it. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, Screen Three was not great. Screen Four was like a letdown. So I was like, they brought in the Radio Silence dudes. The Ready or Not writer was attached. I just was confident with the behind the scenes people. Yeah, like I, I like you liked Ready or Not. Like thought it was a pretty solid thriller. I haven't seen any of their other stuff, and I know the screenwriter is also uh, the screenwriter for Zodiac. Yeah, too. I, I I both think they're like very talented genre movie guys, while also sort of missed a little bit of Craven and Kevin Williamson's voice in in this movie, while also thinking like that not necessarily being a total knock on on these guys doing like a terrible job or something like that yeah i feel like kevin williamson definitely like brings a certain touch of dialogue to this uh to these yeah. films that like other people it's, just it's missing get. a certain quippiness yeah. to it and and this is i think a little bit more of a a sincere movie than some of the other scream movies have like there's sort of like a snarkiness to the the at least the Kevin Williamson written screen movies one, two, and four. Yeah. Um so it's that teen attitude. He like he knows he <laughs> understands how to vo- like I'm not even like trying to be weird. Yeah. Like he knows the voice of teenagers. Yes. Yeah. Or how to like portray them. So what what did you think of the the actual movie? Oh I love it. Now that I, you've seen it. You loved it. I, okay. I mean I'm biased, so me loving it yes. is probably like, you know what? A normal person would be like, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Like, I, how I did you feel? I definitely seem to be in the minority of like, I know a lot of people who had a really fun time. Um, I I will admit, I was like really apprehensive into going. In, like, saw the trailers was a bit like, I don't like, why are we going back to Scream again? Yeah. Um, and then the... I, I just like hadn't seen that much marketing from it. And I think like where there's like nothing else coming out this month. So it's sort of like placement in January was really weird of like, it just sort of seemed building up to it. I was like, I don't know this, this thing seems like it's going to be a, a stinker. It kind of just seems like Paramount's like dumping it. Yeah. Like right after Christmas or, and it just going to be like, well, we can quietly just like move on from that or something like that. Other than Twitter, I didn't see one ad for it. Yeah. And and then a few friends of mine like saw it early. Like Hunter Hunter Heilman saw yeah. it early and like texted and was like, it's really, really good. And then so I went in like apparently the new scream is awesome. <laughs> and like people online and people I know that went to the press event like say it's the best one since at least two and yeah, maybe two if not one is is what i was hearing uh, a lot of calm down there yeah <laughs> um so went and saw it a couple nights ago i walked out very very mixed why and i think on one hand i think it's got maybe the most creative uh like meta commentary in the entire franchise since the first movie like like once the movie sort of finally like kind of like revealed what what it was like what the what the new scream take was going to be i just was like 
oh this is this is brilliant this and we got like really really excited for it um i think we would you say it's a spoiler necessarily to say like not plot details but sort of like what the the meta part of this movie is so i was wondering if you were gonna say it or not like i would say it's a little bit spoilery okay we'll save it for for our spoiler section but uh then to say that like unlike the the first scream movie which i mentioned is sort of both kind of poking fun at the conventions of slasher movies and how like we all know how these movies function it's also sort of like subverting that and and kind of flip in creating something new in the process it feel felt like it was sort of like birthing something fresh out of the slasher genre while also sort of calling to attention all the stale aspects of it and this movie i thought did a great job at sort of uh, I, I I just never felt it sort of evolved into anything beyond, and I I, I guess that's that's the bet. Should we get into spoilers? I guess I mean, it's hard to talk about this movie without spoilers, just because the central theme and like overarching like tone, and I'm not tone. The theme is just like a motive, yes. of sorts. Okay, so we'll here's here's your warning <laughs> if you really don't want to have the new scream spoiled for you um just hop off and come back so we'll, i'll put in some little sound effect here all right yeah so, <laughs> maybe i'll put in like maybe i'll put in like a, a phone call or something like, like like that hello so i mean this movie is about uh legacy sequels or as the movie calls it requels, requels. I thought that was a fun term. i'm gonna definitely start just calling them that um, I mean, this this basically mode I feel like we've been in with, like, franchise blockbusters that I, I feel like really kicked off with, like, Star Wars coming back, where, and, and this idea of, like, I mean, every franchise has done some version of this, like, oh, yeah. Halloween, Halloween's doing it, I don't think you had the misfortune of seeing the new Ghostbusters movie this year, but, like, uh-huh. that that that's that's a version of this someone who barely values their time i did not go watch that movie um but but basically these like they're not quite reboots or remakes but they're not quite sequels basically like we'll have a new cast of characters but we'll also bring back like the old characters to keep it like connected to the original movie or movies that you love and those old characters will just be treated like with this treated like messiahs like but we'll slowly like these, kill them off one by one these, like <laughs> yes these these like monks come down that, that you know when they appear there's all there should be like some glowing light behind them or something and all the new characters inevitably like have to be connected to someone from like the other movies and there's all sorts of like uh you know callbacks to visuals and plot beats from the first one from the first movies and there's just this i don't know if you get the feeling with these this is sort of the thing that drove me crazy about like the ghostbusters movie there's this like pressure and like sense of like self-importance because like there's such uh like heated fan bases built into all of this stuff that it's like thing that drove me crazy with the new ghostbusters movie is like what 
what's your memory of Ghostbusters, Mark? Like, like, what do you remember about the first Ghostbusters movie? Uh, Bill Murray and Dan just fucking shooting beams at ghosts. And just, like, making dick jokes yeah. and stuff like that? I mean, well, just dudes being new, dudes, killing ghosts, catching ghosts. The, the new Ghostbusters movie is all about, like, the, the importance, the responsibility of what? Being a Ghostbuster. And it's, there's just, there's so much responsibility that you have to take care of and to pass it on to the next generation is a big weighty deal and every object and every line and every person who might come back needs to be treated with the most utmost importance mark because it's all important and someone just wrote their anxiety (laughs) out is that what happened (laughs) (laughs) yeah something like that and so that's kind of like the the mode of movie that scream is making fun of and is sort of built in the the style of while also making fun of like the toxic way that like fans say reddit will, it's reddit <laughs> yeah like toxic reddit fans who will like throw temper tantrums and act like somebody like raped their childhood in front of them Jesus because there is like i mean the image i think of like is what's what's the there's like the south park episode where they go see a new indiana jones movie oh my god raping indiana jones is like that's that's the way that who knew that that episode would just like inspire just like just like scream for yes the modern fan uh attitude towards things on on twitter where like I, i don't know i don't know i'm also just thinking of this one like twitter video i saw where like a guy like bought or some butthurt star wars fan like bought a ray doll and was just like screaming stupid bitch as he like banged it against a table and then like bit its head off and i think like swallowed the head and i was just like someone needs to go outside it's like not that big of a deal why because because they're mad that they introduced a new character they didn't like the right because they're mad it didn't live up to the responsibility mark the importance of yeah, but th- like that's that's what the new yeah, scream is sort of like making fun of. Yeah, and of like the big twist is that the killers, um, which we can talk a bit more about who actually, like, the killers are revealed to be. But the you know the motive behind the killers is like the stab series in the movie. They've made what like eight of them now. There's that like really funny joke about like how ryan johnson made the eighth one yeah <laughs> to like hint at like the absurd clap back like a certain section of star wars fans gave him for the star wars movie he made i mean were they not uh, just like attacking star wars in this movie yeah, i mean kind of they basically were attacking like fans and stuff <laughs> uh yeah i and and oh so the the killers are um they're enacting a new set of murders to inspire a new and better stab sequel. Honestly, um, I mean, they're that's the biggest fan you could be. I mean, <laughs> I just thought that was such a like great uh, kind of like takedown of just like a whole mode of blockbusters that have become the the like centerpiece of popular culture in the last five years of like we've always had movie sequels and there's been we've had like the marvel universe has been around longer than that but like specifically this idea of like we're going to return to like this old franchise and return it and kind of have one foot in the present one foot in the past and like that just 
bringing out the worst out of uh certain aspects of their fan bases and stuff of of people coming to these things with a maybe a little bit too much importance i mean if you're not out murdering your friends and family then you truly are not a fan of this, <laughs> this these films i don't know what what did you think i mean you i assume you loved the the sort of like reveal of this as kind of the big oh, i love the reveal of it. Of the i love like well. yeah just like these people are so obsessed and in love with these movies that they would kill for them like yeah it's like that's like peak screen i mean that's what these that's what these movies are about and i love the little additions of like you know there there's a bit of uh i forget who it is is like watching like a you like angry youtubers like here's my three hour like takedown of scream eight that's just like how there's people on the internet that like here's part two of my nine hour video series on why yeah, you, YouTubers. This Star Wars movie is is garbage or something like that. YouTubers having a good run in horror, just getting mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of YouTubers, do you see that little uh, Easter egg of interview with Kirby as like a recommended video? So, so I missed this. Of like, I I guess you hinted to me that like there's there's a little Easter egg that hints that. Hayden Pantera really doesn't die in four or something like that. So apparently, or, or is it like her character in the movie that gets adapted from the events of that Scream movie, maybe didn't die or something like that? So in her contract, I guess because like she was like the peak of her powers when Scream yeah. Four came out because of Heroes. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in her contract, it was that she was not allowed to die. Huh. So, like, you see her get stabbed and everything, but you never see her body again. Oh. in the screen for so like you don't know what happened to her but clearly like she's out in the world talking interesting well, they got to have it both ways yeah <laughs> um let's maybe talk about oh so i i guess to kind of like hint before we can talk about like some of the new members of the cast and some of the the old people that come back like my kind of problem with the movie is like as much as i love that concept the movie is sort of the thing it's making fun of. It's this like very earnest like return to the Scream franchise where all the characters are like related to characters from yeah. all the new characters are related to characters from the original movie and um you know events are playing out in like almost identical fashion or like identical locations like the same house that the finale of scream is set in is the same house that the finale of this movie is set in and you know all the old characters come back like it's it's it was funny rewatching all these movies and like whenever courtney cox kind of like comes into one of the scream movies it's usually in this like kind of comedically over the top moment where she's like screaming at some like cameraman that she's like pulling by her ear and in this movie when she appears it's like almost like rays of golden sunlight (laughs) and it's it's like yeah. our, our savior has arrived or yeah. something. And it, it, it is like un- unveiling like the Ark of the Covenant or something every time like an old character uh, reappears in this movie. I mean, she's basically a serial killer bounty hunter at this point. I mean, <laughs> she's murdered like what, three people <laughs> by now? God, yeah. 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 Because I guess she is like a little like missing in action in, I mean, uh, in four. Yeah. Scream four. She, uh, <laughs> she's at the end. And then um, Scream two. Yeah. And the original screen, right? Yeah, cause yeah. She's like, I didn't leave the safety on this time, bitch. 
<laughs> um, but uh, I mean, it's corny, and that's the whole. That's why they're poking fun at it. It's yeah. corny, and that's like the so, whole foundation of these movies. I feel like, and like they're supposed to make these connections because that's part of the formula. Yeah. So, so this is something that I've been interesting to talk with people about. Of like, do you do you think that all of that is kind of as you're hinting, like it's all intentional. Like they're all intentionally like leaning into the things that they're calling out or, you know, cause, cause I just sort of like walked out and was like, you're, you're sort of pointing to this stuff, but as a way to sort of like get away with just doing it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like the, it's, I've heard this similar complaint about like the matrix sequel, which I don't know if you've had an opportunity to watch I've yet, not watched but yet. of like, it's my last week to watch it. I, but of like, the people who had that complaint about like the matrix sequel is just being meta. So it could be like a retread of matrix stuff. I think like that's the complaint I would throw on this movie of this movie is sort of like pointing out the aspects of it. That is like, uh, I just like so formulaic to these legacy, these requels, these legacy sequels, but in a way to sort of like say, Hey, we're getting away from it. But I sort of disagree with that assessment of what you'll just have to see when you see the new matrix movie, which is like somehow even more bug nut and <laughs> weirdly meta than this movie is. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying that I have like the end all be all definition of it, but I, I, I'm, I, I was interesting walking out of it of like, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of reads of this. Like I was wondering whether I talked to you or like Hunter or someone, if they are going to have the, the take of like, no, all of that is like very intentional and it's like they're purposely like leaning into those cliches. I mean, of course it's intentional and like all that, but yeah. like I see what you're saying. Like if it's not done well, or if you're not as invested as someone or a fan of something and it like just doesn't work for you, then you're going to yeah. think it's corny. They're winking. But then you have like right. someone like me where like, I know it's corny. I know they're winking, but like they're like, they don't break the fourth wall almost. Like it's yeah. right before the tipping point for me where I still enjoy it. I still think it's like, comical witty like satirical yeah yeah i think it just depends on how you feel about these movies i don't know yeah yeah definitely or i'm biased Um, and wrong i don't know uh who who let's talk about the new cast who who's who do you think's who really stood out from you from kind of like the new crop of characters uh jasmine brown yeah i mean Talk, talk more (laughs) <laughs> uh you may know her from my favorite show of all time the leftovers she plays a you know that's right i did not make that connection an adorable I, terrorist I forgot that she's in yeah <laughs> wow i mean she's got to be the most innocent terrorist you ever met she's on uh i need to start watching yellow, yellow jack- i think i want to start watching yellow jackets tonight after you and i get done i get just done talking but she, she's on that show too right I just watched the finale before we started recording oh okay yeah um, that show's insane. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to it. I'm like behind, but uh yeah, I think my who's my favorite yeah. person? I mean It's also so I'm I really like her as an actress and I like all the work she's done. And then she yeah. comes in as like the new Randy, which is like my favorite scream archetype character. Yeah, the like the basically the movie nerd, uh, yeah. the, the super super movie nerd of the group that like really gets to like Jamie Kennedy gets that great 
monologue in the first movie of like explaining these are the rules of a horror movie yeah. and we have to abide by these rules otherwise <laughs> we'll get killed yeah and also the second one too yeah oh yeah that's true and the third one he comes that's back from right. the, the, oh my that's a God, that's a that's really absurd. dumb scene that <laughs> that's is... a like ridiculous scene in the third shouldn't be canon that's what i've come to <laughs> um i i think jack quaid is the person who like really stood out he was good so, he's so funny in this and and it's weird because of like i think every like i said everyone else it kind of feels like is doing a much more i think sincere kind of straight face uh performance than than necessarily like the the movies written by kevin williamson which are like as we said are a lot more snarky a lot chattier and Jack Wade's just like so funny as like the the seeming bumbling boyfriend um and then gets to to kind of like I think take the torch from Matthew Lillard of like I'm and and Laurie Metcalf of like I'm going full on ham in like the last yeah. final act of this this movie um were were like me? Did you kind of predict who the killers were? So Quaid was just too famous to not be the killer. I felt like he's the he's the one that was a bit of a surprise for me. Yeah. Of like, I I I I kind of fully bought into like he seems like the character that they're just going to be like using as a fake out, but like he really is just going to be the comic relief and everything. Um. The other girl, though, I'm I'm looking up her name, but from from Once Upon a Time yeah, in Hollywood, I, I think Serum, Mickey Madison, Mickey Madison. Who the hell am I thinking of? Also, do you do you think there's something in her contract of like she has to get set on fire? Like, really weird how she dies the exact same way, pretty much in this movie, how she does to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Is that a wink? Like, are like the Rio Sound <laughs> like we're really big fans of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Can you? I wondered. Th- I like wondered that. I was like walking. I was like, it, did did. I wonder if anyone else <laughs> caught that because, like, it's the exact same way that she dies, pretty much. Yeah, you texted me that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, I don't know when when she she is the one that like in like the first scene of them kind of like all hang the like friend group hanging out. Um, I was sort of like, I don't know that, that maybe it's some a bit of like unfortunate casting if she kind of played like a a psycho killer in another movie that like I bet it's gonna be her. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I, this movie, I wouldn't say quite has the, I think the motive is really great, but the, the sort of reveal of who the killers were, I was, I was a bit like, oh, so it's, it's sort of the obvious ones, yeah. as you kind of mentioned it, the characters that they actually have been telegraphing to you the whole time of like, I don't know, maybe it's them. <laughs> it, I mean, I'm it like, you... you're right. It was them. <laughs> I like, I get that as like a, a thing. They haven't done that before yet. Like. Yeah, it makes sense that they did it. You don't think the reveal of her just pulling a gun out and shooting someone point blank in the head was like a crazy reveal, or is that? Too- I mean, that made my audience jump, but I think that also just could be like whoever's do running the like projection booth or the sound system in Regal was like, I don't know, what if we cranked it up to eleven? <laughs> <laughs> what does it sound like at max? <laughs> yes, <laughs> someone was a bit like, mm. yeah. Just like slipped on the dial or something. She's oh my god, that was this, so that was like a very like 
still like living in the gore days of like late 2010s or late 2000s early 2010s like here's something gruesome for you yeah um let's talk about the you want to talk about the old cast a little bit yeah i don't really have too much necessarily to say about because i feel like everyone kind of gets brought back in a similar kind of like with all this sort of like weight and gravitas to it i thought it was interesting of like uh dewey comes in this movie as kind of like the more like clint eastwood sort of or like you know sort of like grizzled old sheriff that's just like hanging out and like drinking beer and like has had this like really rough life and can't get back out there kids this is like i can't do it one more time biggest western trope of like old man ready ready to accept death go as a hero one more time yeah, because in the other movies, like, Dewey is, he's... Never the hero? You know, who's who's the... the, the I'm probably going to have some family members that are going to come after me for this. But, like, who's who's Andy Griffith's deputy? Oh, oh fuck. I know who you're talking about. I can picture him. Yeah, but, yes, yeah. yeah. But, of like, that's, that's basically the archetype that Dewey's at. And then so it was funny to see him in this movie of, you know grizzled grizzled graying beard like the, the suede jacket Sorry. yes yes he he's barney fife in the other movies essentially oh, yeah. he's like a doofus yeah, i mean every- and here is like you know cocking his gun is like i guess we'll go out for one more ride <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's always like opportunity to be the hero in all the other screen movies and then just gets stabbed <laughs> or falls yes. over and knocks gets knocked out and and gets to be you know gets the like Han Solo Force Awakens of like the the this legacy character that has to to die as as the killers point out to let you know how serious the stakes are. But yeah, um, so do you think like that's what their whole reasoning behind killing him off was like this is like the Han Solo like I know I'm about oh, to go die. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, a, a thousand percent because that that happens in like all of these these movies yeah essentially i feel like um <laughs> i don't i don't have too much to say about you know nev campbell and courtney cox clearly looked like you know they're having a pretty fun time coming back yeah. they're like not in the movie that much um how did you feel about uh skeet ulrich coming back as oh, a ghost? As a jedi ghost that was weird <laughs> did that part of the movie work no for you? not at I all gotta, that I was probably honest, my least like... favorite part of the whole movie <laughs> And especially like at the end, so I guess there's like the the reveal that the the final girl in in this movie, um, Billy Loomis's daughter. Yes, yes. Who who's played by Melissa Barrera? Sam is, Carpenter. Is, yes, is Billy Loomis's daughter, and uh, <laughs> she like sees visions of him. You know, Skeet Ulrich looking like what's the meme of like Steve Buscemi in the high oh school where he's like, "What's up, kids?" <laughs> it's like clearly like forty some Skeet Ulrich, yeah, right. but they're like doing a little bit of de aging, oh and that's like not that convincing. And he's like wearing the same outfit and same like wig haircut. It's got the blood on his had. shirt too. I'm pretty sure, <laughs> and on his face, I think. Right from the first movie, and then like at the end when she, you know takes down the killer she like looks in the mirror and he like winks and gives a <laughs> nod to her i was like what is this, this guy is like the huge villain of the first movie what a strange so, like is this whole movie just making fun of star wars is that what this is 
I, it might like, I might like it a little bit better if that's trying to be like a, a, a Luke, a bit like Luke. Like, isn't that like a thing? Jedi thing? Like, uh, was it? Isn't that, maybe that's episode, an episode six. I mean, that's what, like, ha- like Alec Guinness comes back and just yeah, sort of like, just you, you know, when Luke, when Luke needs him, he's like not there, but then he'll just like stroll in when Luke's having lunch and <laughs> be like, you must confront Vader. <laughs> Luke will be like, where were you 15 minutes ago? It's so weird. Like, you didn't need to put that in there. We could just be like, that's the daughter of Billy Loomis. And then you could just have the line where she's like, uh, I'm a serial yeah. killer or the daughter of a serial killer as she slits someone's throat. Like, that's all you need. We get the, yeah, we get the I, idea from that. Yeah, I was just really uh, looking forward to hopefully making fun of that bit with you. Because that that was one where, like, when it fr- when it, it first appeared, I was like, is that Skeet Ulrich? And then he comes back more often and like the only thing i could think of the entire time was that steve buscemi meme of just like wow they're (laughs) they're really trying to make like him look like he's still uh looks like a teenager when he clearly does yeah right jesus um (laughs) yeah that that did not work for me (laughs) no um well I think we're I think we're about at the end. Do you do you have any other like last thoughts about about the movie before um, before we log off? Do you hope they make a, a six scream? Oh, for sure. I think okay. so. <laughs> like you just hope that this franchise just like comes back every every like five to six years to like whenever there's a new kind of mo like, a new cliche or something going on in movies, we can bring this franchise. They're back. nostalgia franchise IP. They're coming yeah. back. Don't you worry. <laughs> It did well in the box office. So. I was about to say it made money. So, <laughs> so like someone back. at Par- someone Paramount's probably at the studio is kind of like struggling for money a little bit. So they're like, "Fuck, quick, like, <laughs> quick, green light a scream sequel." Who's who's got who's got one in the contank? Yeah, right. Like I think the cast works. Um, I think like they kind of like pushed out the legacy car- characters, killed Dewey. Like Nev's ha- has a family; she's not going to be drawn back in. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just want Rain Johnson to direct the next one. Or Ryan, not Rain. Ryan Johnson. Or he spells it. When, whenever he's done making like all of the Knives Out sequels <laughs> yeah. that Netflix highlight. What a God. what a journey he's been on of like got a got a franchise movie. <laughs> you know, half the people loved it, half the people like tormented him on the internet then he like makes his own original movie that's a huge hit and then netflix is like yo do you want to make that a franchise for us <laughs> do you want to make like eight knives out movies for oh, us don't worry they're coming you know daniel craig's like i can't be hanging out of airplanes anymore to james bond <laughs> so like you mean all i have to do is show you get to like fly me to some like exotic location in europe and i just get to do foghorn leghorn <laughs> that accent's amazing jesus uh i do wonder like are they like, wow, this like clue mystery movie did well. What if we did a Monopoly or a Scrabble? <laughs> you know someone's been floating that uh, around. They've got an emoji movie. We can get anything made. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you. It was a pleasure as always. Thank you for having I'm me. I'm glad I'm glad that the Scream movie lived up to all of your your fan hype. Please don't go out there and kill people. We'll see. Please don't be one of those fans. <laughs> I mean, you seem more upset by the movie than me, so you'd be the more likely. Uh... I'm, I'm okay. I, you know what? Here's my reaction to fans, specifically the Star Wars fans, because I feel like that's those are the people we've really 
Or you know what? I'll be nice. I'll I'll toss it over to the Ghostbusters people. I thought the new Ghostbusters movie was absolute diarrhea, but I'm not <laughs> bullying people on the internet about it. I'm moving out of my life and I'm like going outside, going for walks, <laughs> making friends, being a productive member of society. Taking care of my mental health. I'm not making nine hour YouTube videos about how much I hated it. <laughs>